Hello, everybody, and welcome to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. My name is Brad Shattuck, and I am your host. This podcast is about my personal experiences, stories, and events with dealing with borderline personality disorder, otherwise known as BPD. My experiences with BPD is due to my wife, now ex-wife, who I have been with for 34 years, was diagnosed with BPD in 2012. And I want to share my experiences with you so that if you are someone who has somebody in your life with BPD, that you may relate to what I'm saying along with my personal tips and suggestions that may or may not work in your specific situation. And if you are someone who has been diagnosed or think you may have BPD, that you may recognize the signs and understand the havoc and turmoil that it can have around people that are involved in your life. Let me caution you that I am in no way qualified or certified in the field of mental health and that my personal suggestions are merely my personal opinion and do not recommend that anybody take any mental health therapy into their own hands, but to personally seek out the help from a professional in the field of mental health. And furthermore, if you are a couple, you might even consider counseling to help further your relationship a little bit better. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. everybody. Thank you again for listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. My name is Brad Shattuck and I'm your host. And today's episode is um, Paranoid Delusions and number three. And uh, this is another collection um, that I put together with delusions and um, paranoid thoughts that my wife had had during our time together. Um, I, I think those hurt me so bad because that was the end of our relationship and that's what took my wife away from me was that's what took her mind over and that's what took my wife away from me so a lot of them I thought when I did my first episode that was pretty much all there was because I buried him so deep in my mind that it was suppressed that I had to really think as many stories as I had which there are many 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 more I had a hard time coming up with just enough to make one episode and then there was second and now there's third and I'm sure there's many more that were suppressed but it's because that was the most hurtful thing in our relationship and that's what took my wife away from me that's not just took my wife away from me but took such a good person away she used to be such a lovable, lovable human being to me, to people around her. She was good with animals. She was a thoughtful person. She would help anybody. Even if she had one dollar in a pocket and walked past a homeless person, she'd give it to them. And I'm not just saying that. But anyways, um, that's going to be the premise of my show today. So um, stick with me and um, let's get on with the episode. Hello, everybody. Thank you again for joining me. Um, You know, like I said, delusional thoughts and the paranoia that she had, um, and it wasn't just with me, it was her surroundings. Um, The things that used to go on in her mind, um, it got literally worse and worse and worse. And even after our divorce, when we tried getting back together, 
the things that she thought were unbelievable. And I could never even try to look at her and change her mind. Because if I did, I was in on whatever she was thinking. Um, even if it was something on TV. Um, I just had to sit there and literally watch her her mind just melt away. And like I said, she, like most people with BPD, you know, they're well known for being a compassionate people, loving people. When they're good, they're freaking awesome. But when they're bad, they're horrible. Um, but the millions of other people aren't my concern. My biggest concern was my wife, the woman who I loved. And we got along so good. She was my best friend. I literally could talk to her about anything, even if it was something in our relationship that was bad. Um, you know, back when um, I had issues with an addiction, she was there for me, even though it, you know, hurt us financially. Um, it took away to her, it took away her husband, um, a provider, somebody who she said, you know, I used to think of you as such a smart person. Um, it didn't matter. She was there for me. And I remember her telling me one time, you know, with all the the help out there with um, rehabs and counselors and medicine, medication and all this. I remember the one most powerful thing she said to me, if you ever just need a hug, I'll hold you and support you and love you to help the pain. And at that very moment, it didn't seem like a lot because that's not what I needed or thought I needed. And after I thought about it, what a powerful thing for somebody to say. Not knowing what you go through, but can see the pain that you go through. And to say, I'll give you a hug and just hold you. And afterwards, I thought about it and I said, you know what? That to me would have helped so much. That's the type of person she was. She would will, be willing to do anything. And like I said, even if it was an issue, I had that involved our family. Um, she was there for me. Um, and she was always willing to volunteer, like at the, um, uh, the county nursing home. Um, she wanted to go in there and sit down with the old folks and uh, knit with them, do crafts with them. She was always willing to lend a hand, no matter who it was, wherever we went. She was polite. Um, we used to go to a county, or not county, um, town uh, thrift shop, and the ladies in there used to love her. They said, there's our favorite woman. She would come in, and she would start helping hanging stuff on the shelves, even though she was there shopping for herself. She was always willing to lend a hand to anybody. She was awesome with animals, and... This woman would never kill an insect. She would find a spider in the house and she would spend hours trying to capture it to let it go outside. Even if we were outside in our garage, she would take a spider because she didn't want to get in hurt and put it outside. And in the beginning, I used to think, geez, because I hate spiders. And um, I'm like, what a wonderful person. You know, if a moth or a butterfly got trapped um, on our porch, she would spend so much time to make sure she didn't hurt it, capturing it, and let it go. Um, that's, that's kind of, and I used to think that is so cute. 
you know, but that's the kind of person she was. When somebody says they wouldn't even hurt a fly, that is her. She literally did not swat flies. <laughs> she would not hurt a fly. That was her thing. And I used to joke about it all the time. But it's true. Um, and to see this disease just take them away. You know, I was robbed. And I used to, um, I responded back to that email. And I told this gentleman that, I used to blame myself. I used to blame God. I used to say, is this something I did bad in my life to deserve my wife being taken away from me, to have my best friend ripped out of me, uh, ripped out of my arms? Um, is this something I did to be punished? And if I'm supposed to be the one being punished, why punish such a wonderful human being? Um, you know, is this something she did? But still, what a punishment. That's worse than getting a, a disease that sentences you to death. I mean, she's literally walking around not knowing who she is, not loving who she is. And I've told her before, how can you not love yourself? I said, number one, you're a lovable person. you got more good and you're a little pinky than some people have in their whole body. How can you not love yourself? Um, and the same thing, she's looking in the mirror and she's like, I'm fat, I'm ugly. And I look at her and I'm like, are you fucking crazy? I'm like, look at you. She did not look. She just turned 50 years old. She didn't look a day over 38. I mean, she was gorgeous. Um, and, you know, she had used to be close to probably 200 pounds. And now she weighs 125, 130 at the most. And I'm like, you get a body to die for. I'm like, I am more attracted to you physically than I am ever was in my entire life um i just it, it's unbelievable how this woman could be you know you know and i know that was you know her part of her identity um that was the problem but i mean i i just i don't understand the disorder i really don't and i i cannot understand how it can take away such a good person and that's why i was saying that um that i just could not understand how this could happen to her and who to blame because it has to be somebody's fault and like i said i blamed god um i blamed everybody i i just didn't know what to do or what to say but anyways so with that being said, I'm going to, um, I had written down some of the stuff that I read. Um, it shouldn't take up too, too much time in the episode. I'm trying to see. Oh, okay. Um, so anyways, some things with, um, it's going to jump around. I really didn't put him in order. Um, I should have because, um, it might make it a little bit more easy to understand, but anyways, so, um, music was a huge thing. Um, and again, there's no rhyme or reason why these things, but in her mind, she had reasons for everything, um, with this disorder that she had brought up as far as with the delusions. And there was a song from the eighties called, I, um, I just died in your arms tonight. I think it's by the cutting crew, but, um, probably so many people have heard it. I just died in your arms tonight. So anyways, I was singing that song, and she would usually, like, 
either throw a little tantrum or toss something or some little fit um, before she would make a comment. Like with this one, she'd go, I just died in your arms tonight. So I just died in your arms tonight. I'm like, huh, yeah, that's the name of the song. Oh, I know. I just died in your arms tonight. I'm like, okay, why tease me? I didn't write the song. I'm just singing it. I know who you're singing it to. I'm singing it to nobody. It's only you and I in the room. Yeah, I know, but you can have your phone on or you can be recording it. You know, like I said in the beginning, I'm like, what are you talking about? So as time went on, I just ended up ignoring the comments. Um, Let me see. Oh, and as far as music, um, you know, and again, a lot of us would think they're crazy, but in their mind, they had reasons for everything. Um, We were standing on my daughter's porch, and her back porch literally faced the woods. Um, The closest neighbor was down at the bottom of the steps, um, but it was a concrete building, and I remember her. Um, we, I was playing music on my phone. Now, we all know when a phone, little tiny speaker, you can barely hear it yourselves. And um, some song came on. It was a romantic song. I forget what it was. We used to listen to a lot of 80s music. And um, she's like, geez, too bad it just didn't go a little louder. And I said, why? She's like, oh, I know you want the neighbors to hear the lyrics. I'm like, hear the lyrics? I'm like, I can barely hear the phone. Do you think somebody inside could hear it through a concrete building or through windows like who's going to hear it the closest neighbor is down at the bottom of the steps and i don't think they could hear one word on my phone if they wanted to and um you know that's as far as that went into but literally thinking the neighbors can hear the lyrics and excuse me i one time we were um in our vehicle and um we had just done having an argument and I remember I was just sitting there staring out my window into the woods, into the woods. And um, she said, do you want me to bring you out in the woods where you're staring? Like, why? Why would I go out in the dark woods? She's like, I don't know. You're staring out there hard enough. I said, because we're arguing. I don't want to look at you. And what am I going to do is stare at the building in front of me so you can say something about me staring at the building and I'm looking at a neighbor or looking in that window. So I'm staring out in the woods. No matter what I do, damned if I do, damned if I don't. If I looked at the floor, you'd say something about me staring at the floor. So, um, it was that one. And in my vehicle, everybody knows on the newer vehicles, you have a, you know, I have a nine inch, um, digital screen in my car that has GPS and the radio and everything on it. And this was just last year, we were coming back from the store and, it, it automatically, when you start the car, comes up with a split screen. It's got the GPS on one side and the radio stations on the other, you know, until you change it. And um, she said, is there a way to shut that screen off? And I said, well, I can change it. I can either just, you know, uh, change it to the full radio or the full GPS or this and that. Why? And she's like, oh, I know. Isn't it nice how you have it up on the screen so people can tell where we're at? I said, tell where we're at. If there is, I don't know of any reason. Oh, she's like, oh, maybe it's so you could tell where we're at. I said, well, that's usually what GPSs are. She's like, I know, but it's going to be on all the time. You always get to know where we are. I said, it does it automatically. You know, and she didn't believe me. But then I caught on. I said, oh, okay, it's her disorder. She 
figures that, um, you know, if we pass somebody's house, a girl's house or something that, you know, I know on the screen, you know, the name of the street or whatever. And, um, um, oh yeah, so people could see where we are, um, or we could see where we are. And then, um, th this is going to be weird, but like, um, we had just got done making love and, um, I was getting dressed, um, to go out the other room to go to the bathroom and I came back in and she said, um, um, oh, I w went to take my clothes back out, you know, so we lay in bed, you know, um, naked together and my son had stayed with us at the time. So that's why I put my clothes on. And, um, she said, yeah, you can just leave your clothes on. Why am I going to leave my pants on and, and lay in the bed that she's like, I know you want to show your ass again. What are you talking about? It's only us in the bedroom. She said, you sure about that? Sure you don't have little cameras hooked up? I'm like, well, wait a minute. If I did, wouldn't you be more worried about uh, what we were doing 20 minutes ago opposed to now? I'm like, you're in the bed naked. She goes, I know. Don't you want to just show me to the world? So, you know, that was another thing. She constantly thought I had hidden cameras um, around our bedroom and around the house. Um, let me see... Um, oh, and then, um, if I read advertisements, um, whether it was on the TV or in public, um, she would make a comment. There was a, um, Rite Aid pharmacy that was trying to move into the town, uh, next over where we were living. And they had a big sign and it said, Rite Aid, wrong town. And I thought it was kind of a, a cute saying. So, I, when I was reading it, I'm like, I was kind of like, not making fun of the sound, but like a radio advertisement. I was like, you're in the right aid. Uh, this is right aid, but wrong town. And every time we pass that spot, even after the sign wasn't there anymore, she'd go, right aid, wrong town? We need the right aid, wrong town? And I'm like, what, are you making fun of it because I was make, saying that? And uh, she's like, no, that's not what it is. I said, what, is it the way I said it or something? She goes, oh, I don't know, right aid, wrong town? Who are you saying it to? I'm like, I was reading the sign. I know, but the sign's not there anymore, and you still say it. I'm like, yeah, I was actually making fun of it because it sounded cute but weird. Are you sure about that? I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. But it was, you know, things like that. Um, oh, and then um, when I yawn sometimes, you know, like, like a lot of people do it. You take it to the extreme. You're like yawning. You make like a, you know, you know, like a grunt or something. And I remember one time I yawned so much, I ended up falling back on the bed. And I said, geez, I am so freaking tired. And um, so she used to make fun of that. She's like, I'm so tired. I'm like, I really am. Why, why are you going to make fun of me? She's like, oh, I don't know. I'm so tired. Who are you telling it to? What, what do you want to do? You want me to lay down and go to sleep and so you can sneak off? I said, no. I was just yawning. You know, but it was things like that. It was taken to a beyond level and so many times in the past it would you know kick off an argument before i started reading about her disorder but then after that i would just shake my head and that's where i developed tics because i was worried about things i read or a song that would come on the radio and i remember um i got mad one time um because that was our biggest argument was when i would sing a song i have a certain song on or I say, oh my God, it's one of my favorite songs. I would always start an argument. 
And one time she was in the backyard and she was raking and she had the music player and singing away. And I went down and I shut the radio up and I go, you know what? You're so unfair. I go, you know, when I sing a song or have something on, you set a freaking argument with me that I'm letting hear, neighbors hear the lyrics or make fun of the, the words in the song that I didn't write, but because I sing it or because I'm blaring a song, I'm saying it for somebody. But you can come out here in public and you can blare a radio. Now, definitely neighbors can hear the lyrics on that one, but it's okay for you. And she'd look at me in the saddest eyes, almost like she didn't want to admit it, but like, I remember what you're talking about. It's not my fault that I act like that. And I felt bad afterwards. I'm like, she was just out there enjoying herself, listening to music. And I felt bad because it's not that it was teasing her. It was, you know, how dare you put me through and ridicule me for just doing the same thing you're doing, enjoying music, listening to it. And I felt like shit afterwards. And I told her that many times. I go, you know... I have to work at trying to make fun of you or trying to start an argument with you. You, you just do it so easily. Like it comes natural to you. But again, it was before I learned about her disorder. And um, then the things started getting, you know, I'll call them weirder and definitely didn't make sense. Um, Which I know all of us, when we take our shoes off, we kind of like drop them or throw them. You know, I I definitely never care where they land or how they land. But she would always make fun of my shoes and go in. um, She'd run over and go, oh, do you want this one facing to the left? Or you want this one facing to the right? Or you want this one facing to the right? So afterwards, I'd be like, well, obviously, I want them the way they landed. You know, she's like, yeah, well, I didn't. I figured I'd turn them a little bit since the way your shoes are facing it show that you know three o'clock you know like on hands on a clock i go well then change it to nine ten i don't give a shit like what is it supposed to mean you know what it means i said well i forgot maybe you can remind me you know but you know again like i look back now and i try to punish myself by saying that was so mean and you know i'll start getting upset but then i think again it was just human and you know, when you don't understand something, especially when somebody's making fun of you, you want to defend yourself. And the only way to defend yourself back is to be a wise ass or, you know, how, how does somebody normal, let's see, I don't want to say it like that, but how does somebody who doesn't think that way respond? You know, you respond the best way you know how, you know, a way that doesn't make sense to you because what you're saying doesn't make sense to me. Um, I mean, oh yeah. Um, oh, and then uh, leaving the toilet seat up. And I don't mean the part when a guy pees. I'm talking about the, the top part. I remember one time I was in the bedroom and I hear the top slam down. She goes, from now on, leave the effing toilet seat down. I'm like, okay, is it a big deal? I don't know. Is there a reason you have to leave it up? Like, was there a reason you have to leave it down? I don't know. So what, what does the seat up mean? I'm like, I don't know, what does it down mean? You know, I'd play it back. But she would freak out if I left the back toilet seat part up. And again, I remember one time she came out of there and I went in and she left it up. So I slammed it down. I go, I thought we were supposed to leave it down. She's like, would you, you know, why are you trying to start a fight? And I'm like, wait a minute. So when I say it, I'm trying to start a fight. But when you say it, it's okay. So that was one of those, you know, blurts I would come out with. Um, and then... Um, I don't know if many of you know with the cured coffee cups, 
um, they come with the single refillable um, parts so you can, you know, um, make one cup at a time. And, you know, when you wash it on the sink, you get a tap it on the side of the sink to get the cause coffee gets compressed in there. And um, at her mother's house, she had a solid porcelain sink. And the place that we had moved into had a, an aluminum sink or a stainless steel sink, sorry. And when you tap on it on stainless steel, it's going to make a tapping noise. Opposed to her mother's with solid porcelain, <clears throat> um, it doesn't make any sound at all. So the place we had moved into, I was cleaning out the first day and she came over and she's like, do you really have to tap it that loud? And I'm like, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> and I said, well, yeah, to get the coffee, you, you have to do it like that. And she's like, there's no other way. And I'm like, well, what is this a big deal? She's like, why do you get to tap it and make all that kind of noise? I'm like, that kind of noise? I'm tapping a coffee thing in there, maybe four times tapping it to get it cleaned out. It's like, well, my mother's house, you never made that noise. And I'm like, yeah, because it was a solid porcelain sink. It doesn't make any noise. You could smash a hammer on those. You know, this is stainless steel. It makes an echo. What is the big deal? It's like, um, how did she say? Oh, she goes, well, we have neighbors upstairs now. I'm like, okay, and your point? And she's like, what, do you want them to hear it? I'm like, I don't think they could really hear it. Even if they did, I don't think they could make it out that it was a coffee thing. And she said, it's not making it out that it's a coffee thing. How many taps? Is it one tap, two taps? Is it four taps? I'm like, here we go. You know, like, well, I said, if you find a different way to tap it, to get the coffee out, to not make a noise, here you go. You show me and I'll follow that way. Because to me, it personal, I personally don't give a shit how the coffee comes out. But if you know a quieter way, by all means. So she had showed me, you sit there and keep running it under the water. And I said, so I got to sit here for 30 seconds to rinse it out so it's quiet opposed to tapping it a couple of times and within five or 10 seconds, get it clean. Okay, I'll follow that rule from now on. Um, and the same thing if I did um, did the dishes. You know, dishes do make noise. They're glass and porcelain. They make noise when you wash them off and put them in the strainer. And she would complain about that. She would come over and just start rattling it or start banging the dishes around. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, well, don't you want to make it a little bit louder? I'm like, what is your issue with noise? Like, does it mean something? And if it does, you're doing it. So now you're rattling up. She's like, I know. I just figured I'd shake up your little, um, your little sign, or your little signal, or your little um, um, pattern. And I said, well, uh, okay. Well, that, if that makes you feel better, then we'll go ahead and go with that. So I would start shaking and rattling them. But I remember one time, you know, again, I feel bad for doing this. So she was doing the dishes. And it was louder than I did it. So I came in and I go, do you have to be so loud making the dishes? And again, she would look at me with those puppy dog eyes. And she's like, I'm sorry. You know, I said that to you. And then I looked and I said, well, why do you do that? I mean, I try to follow along, you know, afterwards and to understand, but I don't. And she would start crying sometimes. She's like, I don't understand either. I don't know who I am anymore. And that used to kill me. And even thinking now back when I look. And she used to say she doesn't even know who she is. And that's the saddest part because I could just picture her floating away and reaching her hand out to me and saying, save me. I don't know who I am anymore. And it used to kill me when I used to make fun of it. But again, it was just because I was human. And 
I didn't know how to react, but I remember one time she said, you know, all this reading you do about my disorder and you still make fun of me. And I tried to explain to her, I'm only human. I, I try, but it doesn't seem like it helps. And I remember her saying, but maybe it'd be worse if you didn't do that. Because maybe sometimes I do realize it. But I think I have to end this episode. It's just, it's really, it's really getting to me. But, um... I learned it with what I always say. If you have somebody in your life with BPD, try to understand them. How ironic is that? Try to understand them and love them as much as you can because they find it so hard to understand themselves and especially love themselves. So thank you again for listening very much. I appreciate it. Have a great day and happy life. You've been listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. I hope you enjoyed the show, and please check out my many other episodes. I hope you get some beneficial suggestions from my experiences. And remember, we're all responsible for our own choices. I'd like to remind you that if you have someone in your life with BPD, try to understand them and love them as much as you can, because they find it so hard to be able to understand themselves and love themselves. So thank you again, and have a happy life.